Hi, everybody. <laughs> Hello. Good morning. How's everybody doing? Uh, my name is Nathan Boji. I'm with Remax Classic, GMAR member. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm chair of the technology committee and uh, soon to be uh, part of the grievance committee. Okay. <laughs> I'm Peter Toring from Cobalt Banker out in Macomb Township. Uh, I am also on the tech committee. Uh, and uh, you'll have to excuse my, my voice a little bit worn out today. So I'm, I'm just going to hang on the best I can here. Yeah, Peter's been doing the speaking tour, uh, nonstop <laughs> podcast all week. Um, so what we are, Greater Minds Live, is show we discuss all the things real estate um, and what's going on with your realtor board here in Southeast Michigan Market. We're going to answer any questions. Feel free to jump in during the broadcast, post your comments. If you've got any comments, questions, concerns, things like that, we'll try and answer them. Um, and of course, we're a member-supported show. And like the logo says behind us, we are, you know, part of the board here, but our opinions are Nathan and I's opinions. It's not necessarily the opinions of the board. Exactly. Uh, and if you'd like to come back and listen or watch uh, the video or listen to the podcast, you can find them on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google Play, um, all of those different types of facets, or come back to the Greater Minds Live page mm -hmm. uh, or the GMAR YouTube channel, and you will find the uh, the videos there as well. Yeah. Um, got a couple of cool things to, to cover today. Uh, first one, we want to refer you to a couple of things. We're not particularly going to dis discuss them here, but uh, the new... GMR Magazine that went out has got a couple of cool things that we might want to yep. direct you to. Yeah, the Realtor Metropolitan Magazine, uh, We you should have received that in your email uh, yesterday. There's uh, a couple things in there, really really good topics, really uh, pertinent stuff that's going on in our industry. Uh, specifically for our state, the new advertising rules, there's a nice, uh, I think, three or four page spread in there. Um, with how it all works. So really important information, really easy to understand too. Mm -hmm. A lot of good graphics that show you what it should look like and what it shouldn't look like. Uh, there's also a section in there about some of the tax reforms, uh, the changes that are coming up and how those will apply to homeownership. So, you know, when your clients talk to you about it, you can have a really, you know, good answer and, and, and that type of thing. And then, um, one other um, topic that's kind of hot in the last day or two is uh, the whole net neutrality thing and how that's going to, uh, you know, roll out and what may or may not affect our industry as real yeah. estate. Um, we, had a, we had a discussion about this before the show started, and we just felt that we weren't informed enough to tell you one way or the other. But NAR does have some good stuff. We'll, can we post the link out, Tim? I think we can post the link out to the video on that. We'll get that out to you later on. Yeah, they, the, uh, it's on the NAR uh, Facebook page. It's about a 25 or 30 minute long conversation between few different folks from NAR really interesting information regardless of what you know side of it you're on yeah and just so you can you know at least be educated again and understand how it affects us in our industry so we want to of course in the interest of giving you awesome dive in use today content we want to talk about managing client expectations both on the buy and on the sell side uh this is something that we've been every realtor goes through whether it's you know buyers that just won't seem to commit listings that just can't seem to get off the market uh but it's really important that we set that expectation with our clients first thing yeah, absolutely. I mean, that that's that seems to boil down to answer a lot of the issues that come up during transactions is that the client's expectations weren't set right from the get-go, and they start to get off in left field, if you will, about what is actually happening and, and, and start, you know, making decisions about um, – you know, whether something is working and it's actually not working or vice versa. So, you know, as Peter and I were, were talking about this earlier, we said, you know, setting those expectations of what to do is, is really important. So, uh, you know, one of those things, you know, we'll take the buyers first, uh, you know, Peter, he does a really great thing. He does a, a, a must meet required yeah. one hour buyer consultation meeting prior to doing anything. And I think this is really important. It's just as important as getting pre-qualified because number one, 
I'm going to go through the process with the buyer. I work with a lot of first-time home buyers, so I think it's very important, important that they understand, okay, what's actually going on here? A leads to B, B leads to C. What are the hurdles that can happen at each one of them? And yep. what where what's going to cost you money? Mm-hmm. You know, do you have, so, okay, hey, I had the home inspection. I didn't know I had to pay $500 for home inspection. I didn't know I have to pay for this. Um, so not only that, but also it's a way to gauge buyer readiness, I'm going to call it. So you know, understanding that we're not going to be going out and seeing 75 homes, um, and getting to know, hey, listen, is this buyer actually ready to buy or are they just looking around? Yeah, I mean, and that's that's important on, on, on multiple levels. One, it, it educates the buyer so that way they know what to what to be expecting and what to do at the different points of, of the transaction, whether it's looking at homes, having the home inspection, uh, negotiating different terms of their offers, mm-hmm. closing, that type of thing. But what it also does for you is it sort of gives you a plan of how to conduct your business in the sense that, if you take the time to set those expectations, ask them the questions that are necessary, you know, when are you looking to buy? Are you pre-approved? What is the house that you're wanting to live in look like? All of those qualifying questions, if you will, um, are one going to save you a lot of time, allow you to better serve your buyer and ultimately get them successfully into a home that they're really going to be happy with and potentially turn into a referral for you. Yeah. The other two things I really like to go in in a buyer consultation, number one, if you've got more than one, I call them decision makers. So if you've got a husband and a wife, or you've got two parties going or through mom okay, and dad in the first time buyer <clears throat> right. situation. Yeah. That's another, oh, that is a, that's a great point. Mm-hmm. We've got a lot of first time buyers. Mom and dad are either chipping in money or they've got strong opinions on what, you know, son and daughter or son and daughter-in-law or whatever should do. Absolutely. I, I'd even like parents to be there. If, if, if they're going to be involved in the decision making, whoever the decision making makers, I'd like them to be there uh, because that way we can go through, do they have, do we have conflict? You know, does, you know, party A want hardwood floors and party B likes carpet, A likes a ranch and B likes colonial. Get those out in the open right now and talk about a compromise so that we're not five houses in and husband likes all five and wife likes none of them or the opposite or, you know, in that way we we, we have everything out in the open. We know, okay, this is what we're going to have as a contention point and this is how we solve it. Um, And also if we know that we've got something that both parties are really set on and sometimes too, I like to go through the whys. So, okay, do you actually need a huge kitchen or do you need a large entertaining space? Right. You know, do you actually need to be on five acres or do you just need a private backyard? Mm-hmm. You know, I think these things are really important. Yeah, it, it definitely, it helps when you, you know, buyers, when they're sitting around talking about, oh, this is the kind of house that we want to buy amongst themselves. You know, it's like when we're, you know, just as, as regular consumers going around thinking about buying something, we can kind of get off, you know, letting the hopes and dreams sort of take over right. what's really make what really makes sense to go out and buy. And that happens to our clients all the time. So if we can kind of help them filter out the wants and needs and and get the property that they need with some of those wants sprinkled in there, uh, I think is really beneficial. It's going to help them make a great decision on a house. It's going to keep them educated and 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 an educated you know, buyer is going to uh, ultimately probably be less headache down the road yeah. because they're, they're going to know what they're, you know, in for. I think also setting the expectation of what's realistic in their price range, especially for first time buyers, letting yes, them know, listen, absolutely. it's not HGTV. We're not going, you know, we're not going to come into a house that's 100% done. Right. And also on the flip side of things, I have 95% of my first time buyers, I swear, I think, tell me I'm looking for a fixer upper. Yes. You know, I want to knock out walls and maybe 5% do. Right. Maybe less. Yes. So yeah. setting those expectations now that, okay, we can, yes, this is realistic. This is not, this is realistic in your budget. And the other thing too, is I like finding out, uh, you know, in my, like I have this weighted categories of, you know, amenities or updates to the house, sure. location, uh, and, and, and price. Mm-hmm. So we really have these things and, and, and amenities will include size. So, 
which of these three things is, if we don't have an unlimited budget and an unlimited time frame, which of these is most important and which are we willing to be flexible? Yep. Can we be a little bit flexible in price? Can we be a little bit flexible? Can that 30-minute drive be a 40-minute drive? Uh, or do we really need the granite countertops? And what's really important to that that client? I think is, a, is yeah, a, absolutely. I mean, you bring up some great <coughs> points there, uh, Peter. As far as what what really what features of the home are really important, and should you toss out a perfectly good house for one of those features not being present? So right. you know, can you get the great house? You know, you love every other thing about the house, but it doesn't have the granite countertops and the carpet. You know, sort of resembles grandma's. You know. Uh, you know, vomit green shag carpet right. that she used to have, you know, can you get the great house, swap out those countertops and clean up the carpet and, and still, you know, be in your budget and, and have what you want. You know, those are all things that it's good to talk to, especially first time buyers about. Um, so I guess in short, you know, for the buyers really is to sit down and, and, and make sure you get all that information out of them mm -hmm. and, and give them the things that they need to be aware of going through this process. Yeah. And I think also it's letting them know, this is what you need to know. And this is also what you need to not do. Sure. Absolutely. The, yeah. The, the deadly sins of buying. Yes. Uh, and I'm sure we all have a, a lender friend that's out there that's, uh, you know, told you the story of, um, yeah, we were 10 days out from closing and uh, the purchaser went and leased a brand new car or mm -hmm. bought a brand new car or bought, you know, a house full of furniture on credit from right. ABC Warehouse or something like, you know, uh, or Artfan. Um, so, it, it, those are important because you don't want to have to deal with that 10 days out from closing because it creates a whole lot of problems. So um, having those conversations is, is super important in it. And, and there's, there's a lot of benefit to both yourself as a business person, but also as, you know, the, the buyer being able to, to understand what they're getting themselves into before they're in too deep. Um, on the, on the other side of the table uh, you have to do the same for sellers, Yeah, you know, um, when you're going into a listing appointment, um, it, it gets interesting because yes, we're all competing, you know, to get a listing and, and possibly there's two, three, four, five other agents walking in that door, uh, trying to earn the listing. So we're, we're pushing really hard. We're touting our services and things like that, which is fantastic. Um, but I think an important thing too, to in the listing, uh, and presentation portion and talking with sellers is to set those expectations of how that marketing is going to go. And, yeah. and I, I actually start this before I ever meet with a client. We do, obviously we're doing podcasting here, but I have my own series of podcasts and it, it hence the voice. <clears throat> exactly. It, <laughs> and it goes through, it details for, for a buyer or a seller. We go into t in depth on topics that I won't have time to do in the listing appointment. So what we'll do is if I know I have a listing appointment coming up, I'll send them the link say, Hey, if you really want to know, in depth about staging, or if you really want to know in depth about what repairs you should or should not do, or you so really it's want to like know a really personal pre-listing package. Exactly. Right? So yeah. if you so they've already got that there, so they they know going in that they've got the information if they want it, and then once we've got that, it also establishes, of course, our credibility. And then yep. once we go in, you know, not only managing expectations, I'm sure we'll talk about price in a second, but also managing expectations. But we go, I go over my marketing plan. And being realistic with what my marketing plan actually does. I think a lot of us oversell our marketing plans um, and that our marketing plan is the greatest, best thing that the world has ever seen. Uh, and and we, I really like to be realistic. And the, the best way, I think, to be realistic about your marketing plan is I got to track my numbers. Yep. Yeah. You know? Knowing your business is super important because you're going to find out what works, what doesn't work. Right. And be able to to show that to a potential seller and say, "Hey, this is what's actually getting the house sold." Yeah. Um, you know, I think I think sometimes um, as realtors we fall into the because we have a hammer, everything's a nail. Uh, you know, mindset uh, meaning, 
you know, we're, do anything and everything we can do, which obviously we want to do whatever we can do to help the seller get their home sold for the most money in the least amount of time. But um, at the same time, certain tools are going to do a better job than others. Yeah. And, and, and you have to know what works. Maybe, maybe your Facebook ads are, are killing it. Maybe, uh, you know, maybe your, your mailers that you send out are, are killing it. Maybe your connections to your sphere of influence are, are, are working, but if you don't know what is working, it, it, you, it could, you know, hurt both you as a business person and, and the seller. I view it as not tracking your, your, your numbers when it comes to listings is like going to an open house and not taking people's names down. Sure. It, it, it creates, it's not a worthless activity, but it's a much less productive activity. Yep. And I think that's that's the big thing here is we want our activities to be as productive as possible and to focus, if I can put more effort, if it's going to cost me $100 in mailers, but I can get the same or better effect out of $100 on Facebook, you know, or, or vice versa in some neighborhoods, right. that's what I'm going to do. I want to make sure that my money is going towards the things that I that are productive instead of just, you know, tossing a little bit of, you know, $5 in each pot. Yep. Um, and, you know, another part, too, of, of setting expectations for sellers is talking to them about the, the, the process of their home being listed, yeah. uh, what to expect with, um, you know, the schedule of, OK, we've got the paperwork signed. Um, how are we taking photos? Is it are you is the realtor coming to do it themselves? Are they having a photographer come in? Uh, what does that entail? What should the house look like? Um, and then as you get to the point where it's actively listed, what to expect with showings, you know, who's contacting them to schedule the showing? Um, when, when are the showings going to take place? Are there any special times during the day? Maybe something that's going on with kids with school or nap times or whatever it might be. Maybe somebody works in, you know, a late shift and they're, they're sleeping during the middle of the day. Um, you know, to talk to them about how to schedule, but also talk to them about how important it is to make your home as available as possible right. to get it sold because the more people that can get in there and look at it, the better for them yeah. and, and the right people, obviously. But, um, you know, so, so talking about that, that process of having them home listed, I think is really important. So that way they're not surprised by anything that might take place. Right. And, and in that, I think that of course the, the big one is, is, is a price expectation. I think that's what we're seeing more than anything with, well, really two things, listings that aren't selling, at least in, in our market in Combe County, Number one, price is wrong. Number two, the property is just too unique and it's, the buyer base is small. Mm -hmm. And I think that setting an expectation with a client about that. With, so let's take this. How do you set an expectation with a, with a price? Obviously, so you've sat down with the seller. You've shown them your comparative market analysis. How do you then say, okay, this is the expectation you should have with, with this price? Yeah, I think and a big part of, of, of setting that expectation is just what you said, Peter, as far as sitting down with the, the, the CMA. And letting them see exactly what is happening in their market um, with houses that are similar to, to them and, and how quickly they're selling, mm -hmm. how much money they're actually selling for, and, and really how does it compare apples to apples with the house next door that sold versus their house. Right. Um, and, and, and when you show them the information that comes directly from the market, it's much more valuable. And I think it sinks in a little bit more than just sort of talking about it and touting it because then it's your opinion and, and, and so forth. It's not something proven that here, yeah, here's 15 homes that sold and here's what happened. You know, I, I think um, you bring up a really great point there about how, how long did it take them for, you know, for, for it to sell? Mm -hmm. Cause if you've got a market analysis and you've got a house that's, let's just say it's worth 260,000, you got a 250, you got a 275, you got a two, you know, you've got all these houses. This, the buyer might immediately say, okay, I want to, you know, the, 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 the top, top price. Right. Well, but if you've got a different timeline, if that house took 205 days to sell and you've got to be out of your house in three months, you know, I always say that price is a timeline. You know, how fast do you need to sell and how, you know, I always use the analogy for us, we have Lake St. Clair. 
you know, we've got our top water that's moving real fast. We've got kind of that middle water channel that's not moving as fast, but it's it's still moving. And then you got right. the stuff that's sitting on the bottom. You don't want to be sitting on the bottom. Yeah, it's you know? time and price are relative. You know, um, the, the longer you wait, the uh, the longer it takes, the less you probably are going to get. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you might have, the, you know, the seller might have the ability to wait forever. You know, some right. people, I think, just you know, listing their home for sale is a sport and they just want to see how long they can last. It's like, right. you know. Yeah, how, how much can we get for it? Can we get that lightning strike buyer? Exactly. Uh, I, yeah. I think also, too, you know, I, I do go over the market stats. Okay, what are the actual days on market? And what are not just the days on market for your county, but for your zip code, for homes like yours, for four bedroom, 2,500 square foot houses, what's the days on market there? Yeah. I think that's important. Yeah. Important stats. And, you know, so you, you've got, you've got the expectations, uh, you know, you, you've talked to them at the listing presentation, they're understanding what the listing process is going to be all about. You've got the home listed, you've knocked it out of the park. Now you've got an offer, um, and letting them know the expectations of how an offer is going to work, mm-hmm. what, what, what they're, likely to see from a buyer what the purchase agreements are are going to have in them um you know different terms that they have to be aware of and then ultimately getting through those different steps uh um to the closing table i think one of the ways to do this i know it's not fun and i know a lot of sellers don't want to do it they just want to okay he signed my offer and go i think going through the fine print of the purchase agreement is is important sure you know i i might be speaking a little out of school here but you know 15 years or so ago Purchase agreements from brokers to brokers were relatively similar. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of folks use the board purchase agreements, so you could pretty much say, "Oh, this is th- this is going to be in here." That is not the case today, and mm-hmm. I, it hasn't been for a number of years. Where, you know, you you might think you you know I, I might get a purchase agreement from your office today, uh, and it's going to say one thing, and just because you and I do a deal six months from now, you might have changed your purchase yeah. agreement. And, yeah. and same thing for my you know my office. So it is an excellent point uh, to make sure that that. Folks are really going through the purchase agreement, understanding what is in there, um, so that way there are no surprises when right. you think a deal is, you know, signed and sealed, and and, and especially in, this, in a refrigerator they didn't plan on exactly, and know. especially in this this absolutely litigious society we have. Some of these things, it seems like people are also not letting go of deals as easily, and so sometimes you got to make sure that that fine print is that yes, we're understanding it, but also that we're not you know, dying on a hill of fine print. Right. You know, that we understand with these buyers that, yes, you know, the goal in this is not to go after their earnest money. You know, it's it's to close a deal, and if we need to make a concession here or there, to, and I kind of put that out there. Hey, listen, we may have something that pops up, and maybe it's not in the paperwork. Maybe it's something on the appraisal, maybe it's something on the inspection. You know, it's, it's we're not, I try to have a, a the least adversarial sure, position the, as possible. The goal is to, is, is to work in the interest of your client, get them the best possible, you know, outcome that you can. And at the same time, though, having a compromise on things that need to be compromised um, to, to get to the ultimate goal of right. getting to the closing table, um, you know, um, and, and taking care of it. Um, I think we've got a few more minutes left. Um, and and I guess the thing to follow up our expectations with as the process goes is talking mm-hmm. about the closing. Yes. You know, um, we, we have this wonderful thing now called TRID um, mm-hmm. that sort of gives the buyer a heads up three days or so prior to the closing. So that's, that's a nice thing um, in, in that respects. Uh, but sometimes the sellers are sort of finding out last minute yeah. on certain things. And I think, so I think it's important too, to make sure that they're understanding their closing documents ahead of time. Um, so that way they're confident when they walk into the closing uh, room and sit down and, and are prepared to sign a stack of documents. And I think the best, the best way to understand that is, is making sure that you've got a net out sheet for your sellers and yep. a closing cost calculator for your buyers and letting them know, Hey, listen, this is generally, you know, of course, talk to your loan officer, but 
this is generally what you're going to be either a bringing to the table or b walking away from the table you know with and you explain to them okay you know a lot of buyers and sellers don't know about title fees they don't understand about state state transfer tax or county transfer tax so a lot of these things that a buyer or seller may not know i like to sit down and go over that sheet with them so they understand anytime a seller's paying out money i'm going to be the first one that gets a call and say hey what, what am i paying x y and z for? exactly so if i can if i can handle that right away and and let them know yes you're paying an owner's policy this is how you know what that's paying for it, it tends to be i tend to have less objections when i get out in front of it yeah, absolutely. You know. Yeah, it's, it's again they 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 now can expect uh, what to happen and right. plan for it and be comfortable, um, and, and you know th- those are all things that are just in, important to successfully completing our transactions and taking care of our clients. That um, and, and anything we can do to um, start them off on the right foot and get them successfully to a closing table and and, and with the least amount of headache <laughs> is 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 the best. Exactly, informed uh, clients are happy clients. Absolutely. But, uh, all right, guys. Well, thank you so much for watching on Facebook. For those of you who are going to be listening to us on SoundCloud, uh, Stitcher, uh, Overcast, iTunes, wherever you happen to find your podcast, uh, we would love for you guys to, to jump on in and let us know what you'd like us to discuss. Um, yeah, I, I, um, I, it's it's a it's a great platform. Please uh, take some time to send us, even after, if you're watching this recorded, uh, send us a few notes on the comments and let us know things you'd like for us to talk about. Uh, Peter, uh, myself, and, and, and Tim uh, at GMAR, we're, we're, we're working pretty hard to come up with some topics that we think people will be interested in. But um, unfortunately, I, I'm not the greatest mind reader. I, Peter, maybe uh, maybe you are. Uh, <laughs> um, so uh, any any information you'd like for us to talk about would be great. Um, we'd appreciate that. Co- real quick, a uh, couple announcements. Um, one, there's a really uh, great relationship that GMAR just formed with a group called Relationship Farm. They are a, a great tool that will provide you some services as far as direct mailing um, with everything from postcards to if you want to send somebody a nice little treat, um, like some brownies or cookies or so forth. Uh, one other thing, um, with the holiday season approaching, uh, the board will be closed, obviously Christmas day and the day after Christmas, and they will also be closed New Year's day. So, uh, I think I'm, I'm good. Um, happy holidays, Merry Christmas, happy new year, all that good stuff. We'll see you guys in 2018. Yeah. Thank you guys for watching and listening. We will see you next time. Take care.